0: The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times radio hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning
1: and Happy New Year, architects, listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. Also, thanking those listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pub application on their iPhone, iPads, Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about the latest in neurosurgical procedures for movement disorders. So stay tuned for some very interesting information that might benefit you or your loved ones. It is Saturday, January the 10th, and we are broadcasting our radio show today live from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a Town Square media radio station here in wonderful, chilly Shreveport, Louisiana. Good. I can't hear you. Oh, shifted. Oh well. Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning, Miss Angela. Happy New Year to you. She she has lost her microphone. Oh well. Well again, I wish you happy uh, Happy New Year. Haven't seen you in a while. The the listeners uh, loved our radio shows. We talked about common sayings. I can tell you at least two handfuls of people have used the, the origins of sayings at various New Year parties. Uh, various other parties that they had during the holidays, and I mean, dead as a doornail was a definite winner in many of these particular Christmas parties. So they really appreciated, and uh, it, it it humbles me when I get when I was there last night, and somebody said, "Boy, that was a great show," uh, and I also downloaded it, so I had copies of that particular item, <laughs> so I can remember some of those. You went you went through them so quickly, but it was it was a definitely uh, I enjoyed it too. I learned a lot of new things, and we're gonna do similar. Shows I've got a new idea for a show, Angela. It's going to be called Truth, Truth, Fiction or Rumor. I've got I've found some interesting things about the different happenings in the world and in our United States and so forth. So that's going to be a future radio show here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Be sure to pick up your January 2015 issue, The Best of Times, at one of our 528 distribution locations. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine, and we do appreciate hearing from you if you're unable to find a copy which we have already had some listeners tell me that they're running out of copies this issue features Elvis Um, please remember you can log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view current and past issues of the best of times also be sure to pick up the Friday edition of our Shreveport Times for the Senior Living article written by yours truly here it provides readers with some insights on their retirement Years. If you have any questions or comments, of course, please do contact me. If you have suggestions for future topics, I do appreciate hearing from you as well. We are working on our 2015 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, which will be released on March the first of this year. If your business organization or agency wishes to be included, please contact us at 318-636-5510. Last night, Tina and I attended uh, the Stage Center's presentation of Vanya and Sonia and Marsha and Spike. This is the winner of the 2013 Tony Award for the best play. It was remarkable. It, it uh, features uh, Jen and Pugh, uh, Patricia Reeves, Joe Tadero, and Joss Talley. Uh, also, uh, Emily Deville and Kisa Pigford performances are today at 7:30 p.m., Sunday at 3 p.m., Friday next Friday at 7:30 p.m., Saturday at 2 at 2 p.m. and 7:30 p.m. It is at the East Bank Theater in Boise City. Tickets are only $18. For reservations, do call 318-218-9978. Again, that's 318-218-9978. Seven, eight. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by Abers, 10 and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now Back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour,
1: proudly presented by A-Bears, Tanning country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special, a special guest is Dr. Jessica Wilden, who is a neurosurgeon at LSU Health Sciences Center here in Shreveport. Also joining us today in the studio is Ashley Hamby. Hamb- who is a physician assistant of Dr. Wilden. So thank you both of you all for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. I've asked both of them to come on our show to talk about the latest in procedures to help relieve movement disorders. So thank you, Dr. Wilden, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting us. We're very happy to be here. So
1: you are what kind of a doctor?
2: So I am a brain surgeon. Whoa. That means I do surgery for different brain disorders. Um, And Ashley is a physician's assistant, which means she helps me in the operating room and in the clinic to run my practice.
1: An important assistant, right, Ashley? (laughs)
2: The most important. (laughs) Ah, not (laughs) that.
1: Put, put her on a pedestal there, Doc. I know. Hey, it's important. Those PAs are very important. I love them. I have a lot of PAs yeah. that take care of me when I go visit the doctor, and uh, they they probably know as much or more about me than that. Sometimes the I'm not going to pick on my physician. The physician does.
2: No, it's probably true. No,
1: no. So, uh, but you went. I, I know a little bit about uh, neurosurgery, and wow, that's a that is a. Detailed clinical profession requires a lot of schooling, a lot of, a lot of uh, devotion, right?
2: Uh, it does, and I chose to do this profession actually so I could help people with Parkinson's disease and tremor. I went into medical school wanting to help this population, so I'm a little bit unusual. What a goal unusual. Or, You are gold
1: Goal. goal <laughs> I orange. was,
2: and so it took about 15 years, but here I am, and so uh,
1: was it an experience of a family member, a friend, or that you um, that you that you got that revelation?
2: Well, it was the experience of seeing my very first surgery. I did have a family friend who was a brain surgeon at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota where I trained, and he invited me to come to the operating room when I was just starting medical school, and the procedure I saw was the procedure we'll be discussing today, deep brain stimulation, and it was completely stunning to me that we were able to take away this woman's tremor by altering the way her brain worked using an implanted pacemaker I had had no idea to that point I was about 21 at that time I had had no idea that you could use something like a pacemaker to alter the brain and change someone's movement
1: well how fascinating and and I'm sure the technology since then and you're now like 24 but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> uh, but the technology as as I have other doctors come on the show from Millichiou and other it's remarkable i mean Within ten minutes of this show, there's going to probably be some new technological advancement, medical advancement in the world regarding this particular field, right? Absolutely. So back when you were when that occurred, the technology probably has changed tenfold.
2: It has, and so has our scientific understanding of tremor and of Parkinson's disease.
1: So I'm I'm very proud. i put you accolades. Like now we have this particular clinic that you run, and you can provide and you can treat various problems of of movement disorders including Parkinson's right?
2: That's correct. So when I came here and I came to LSU uh, about a year and a half to two years ago uh, there was not a distinct um, group that was offering surgery for these problems. Uh, So we started what is called our Surgical Movement Disorder Clinic and it's the only type of clinic like it in the city and we And I should say we, because it's not just me. I have two neurologists. Uh, Some of our listeners may know them, Dr. Richard Zweig, Dr. Megan Harris, uh, as well as a neuropsychologist and some other support staff, and then, of course, our keystone, uh, Ashley Hamby, here with me today. We all assess and treat people who might benefit from this type of surgery for movement disorders. That's really the goal of this clinic, and it's done really well over the last year.
1: So, but explain to our listeners not every, and we talked about it earlier, not every person or, or, or individual that might be having these particular disorders are candidates. Is that correct? We're going to talk a little bit more about the details, but yeah. I, I don't want to put up the hopes of all my thousands of listeners out there that they may have this their loved one may have this and this is the way to solve it correct
2: right so you're you're absolutely right uh I, we specialize what and I should say this is just what we're discussing today is just one of the things we offer so even if you're not a candidate for the therapy the the brain pacemaker that we'll be discussing today I do encourage anyone to contact us with questions because we do offer other things that might be helpful but with regards to the brain pacemaker there are some very specific criteria that you must meet to be a candidate for this treatment uh, many people are candidates but not everyone Um if you have Parkinson's disease uh, or bad tremors or you have a condition called dystonia, which is sort of like an abnormal contraction that doesn't go away.
1: Contraction of?
2: Of any part of your body. Many okay. people, it's the head. Uh, some In some children, it can be all of their limbs.
1: Contraction but, of the head, I don't mm-hmm. understand that.
2: If, if your head pulls to one side or oh, potentially okay. pulls back and you can't voluntarily get it to midline again, that would be something that we would term dystonia or torticollis. So if any of these f- terms are familiar to to listeners out there or their family members, then we definitely uh, encourage people to contact us and, and at least ask for an initial assessment. But you're right, we're very detailed and we want to make sure above all that we do no harm so we do screen people very carefully and some people will be a candidate for this therapy but not everyone
1: but you go through a, a total H and a total history and physical you just don't they just don't walk in and say oh, yes. deep, deep brain stimulation needs to be done tomorrow
2: Yes. Actually, I'll let Ashley answer this because she schedules and deals with many of our pre-op patients, but Ashley, why don't you just explain a little bit uh, how many visits and how well we get to know our patients prior to deciding <laughs> on surgery. Yeah,
3: sure. It's a it's a pretty long workup. It can take up to a couple of months before we're even ready to, to set a date for surgery. Um, at the initial visit, patients come meet me uh, initially, and I go through their whole history of their disease, whether it's Parkinson's tremor, dystonia and uh, you know just start from the very beginning go through the whole process and uh, Dr. Wilden comes in as well and Dr. Harris usually our neurologist that's with us in clinic and uh, we just um, you know get to know the patients and we have to set them up for different scans and other testing prior to scheduling a date which is the you know what can take some time before we nail it down for sure but
1: so if they in their in their H&P and you determine they're coming from a referral source from a rural area, they're already taking drugs, do they have to stop taking these drugs or it depends?
3: No, no. Yeah, most of the time by the time these patients get to us, they're taking their, you know, if it's a Parkinson's patient, they're taking their medicine, you know, up to five, six, seven times a day already, and it's just not working for them anymore. Um, so at that point, it's when we start to consider the surgery.
1: So, do we know why, Doc, that these drugs wear off and the the, the body gets used to it? That it, the brain like doesn't care anymore that this drug is trying to help the symptom.
2: Yeah. So that's a, that is a very complex question, but I'll try and boil it down <laughs> uh, to to a relatively simple answer. With and, and we'll focus for this question on Parkinson's disease because it is the best understood out of all of them that we treat. In Parkinson's disease, your brain stops making a chemical called dopamine. And dopamine, you can think of dopamine a little bit as sort of a traffic cop. It's arranging all of the brain rhythms, like the way your your cells fire in your brain. Dopamine's controlling all that, so it works well together, and when you want to move, you can. Now, when the, the brain loses dopamine cells they actually die off in parkinson's disease our initial treatment for that is to provide medicines that are a form of dopamine oh so many of the the listeners that may have parkinson's disease or family members with it will recognize drugs like cinnamon that is a form of dopamine that actually can get into the brain and so that's how we, you know, we replace the dopamine initially, and we we're able to get improvement in motor symptoms. So, you know, all of a sudden you've got traffic going crazy, there are no cops, and, and, and so we just have someone take the medicine, and then it's like replacing those cops uh, with these, these ex- external dopamine because it's not being made in your brain anymore. That being said, what we discovered over several years was that the way we're introducing dopamine in a medicine form, meaning when we give you the pills four or five times a day, that's not the normal way that the brain releases dopamine.
0: Oh, so okay. because
2: of that, because of the way we administer the dopamine, um, people can start to get side effects from it, and the brain can start to, in, in lay terms, sort of reject it. Uh, because of the way it's being administered. It's not natural to take a bolus pill of dopamine four, five, six, seven times a day.
1: So the, the brain is like saying, I don't need this at certain regular hours at 3, 6, and 12. It, 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 whenever it has a certain <laughs> cycle, right? Mm-hmm,
2: exactly. It's not the medicine. So what you get specifically when the medicine starts to not work as well is it will wear off faster than it used to so you might have been able to take a dopamine pill and feel good for six seven eight hours when the medicine starts wearing off and the brain starts saying wait a minute this is dopamine from outside i'm i'm not responding to it anymore what will happen is you'll take that pill and instead of lasting for seven or eight hours it'll last for 90 minutes maybe two hours and then you'll feel like you need another one
1: so so it's a continuing problem that get, gets worse and worse as the situation it goes. It does.
2: The longer you have Parkinson's disease, the the more likely you are to have side effects from the medication.
1: We'll be right back with more information. But now, a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by A Bears Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to
1: our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, apparently presented by A-Bear's Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today, a special guest is Dr. Jessica Wilden, a neurosurgeon with LSU Health Sciences Center here in Shreveport. Also in the studio is Ms. Ashley Hamby. Uh, a physician assistant to Dr. Wilden. So thank you, ladies, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour So, give us a little bit of update on the latest procedures in helping relieve movement disorders. And that particular procedure is a, is a surgical procedure, correct?
2: That is correct. And it so is called? Uh, deep Brain Stimulation, and the short acronym for it is D.
1: Now, why I always ask. I'm I'm at my age, almost sixty (laughs) five. I also ask my doctors. Now, why is it called deep brain? I mean, it's in the brain. So, is it further inside the brain or? There's got to be a rationale why you medical people called it deep brain, not medium brain.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. So we are using targets in the very center of the brain. Wow. So it is actually a therapy that is delivered to your deep brain structures and that's what gives it its name
1: So that probe or that particular item will go way into and wow you've got surgical techniques <laughs> beyond belief that I I would be shaking yes. just even thinking about it
2: <laughs> Well I you know our so again we we run on um, a clinic called our surgical movement disorder clinic and one of the main therapies we offer is this deep brain stimulation. This is used to treat the diseases of Parkinson's disease, essential tremor, and dystonia. These are all uh, considered movement disorders, uh, diseases that occur that allow you to either move too little or move too much, so you're not able to do what you want because you're having stiffness or having tremor or having other problems like that. And I think the important thing that you need to understand before understanding the procedure is that Parkinson's disease and essential tremor and dystonia are not diseases of the hands or the legs or the body parts that are not moving. They're diseases of the brain. And The when brain your, is
1: not transmitting correctly? Correct.
2: Is that? The brain, and, and, you know, similar, I like to make a parallel to the heart, similar to when your heart fires abnormally and you get very sick, when your brain cells fire or speak or transmit abnormally, that can cause Parkinson's, tremor, and dystonia. So these diseases are actually diseases of the brain, even though to many people they look like diseases of the body. And that concept led us into being able to do surgery on the brain to fix these disorders.
1: So how, how, how long has this procedure of deep brain stimulation been performed in the world, the United States?
2: Yeah, so it was first performed in France uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s was really when when it started to come out. So and was it
1: an accident? Uh, the brain surgeon was doing and decided <laughs> no. to attach a probe to the brain Found and it worked? It, it worked? Oh. It worked.
2: Um, you know, actually this is a great example of what we call translational science. This was based on an observation that when scientists caused a stroke in a monkey that had Parkinson's, mm-hmm. its symptoms got better.
1: Oh! And the
2: scientists said, "Whoa! If what happens if we silence or electrically stimulate this structure?" Would we get the same result in people? And so really it was a scientific discovery in primate research that led into uh, the concept of using electrical stimulation of a deep brain structure to fix symptoms of tremor and stiffness.
1: So that evolved, I'm sure, since, since 80 until 24 years from now to today. It's got more high tech than that, right?
2: It is, And yes. And
1: when, you, when you, you, you attach a probe into the brain, tell us, tell us a little bit about the procedure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you can think of the deep brain stimulator as a brain pacemaker. It does essentially oh. the same thing as a heart pacemaker. It corrects abnormal rhythms. Um, The cells are kind of doing what they want, uh, like kids in a classroom going crazy. And the Deep Brain Stimulator will get everything back in order. And that's how it fixes symptoms. So
1: it reads my brain and tells what when it needs to trigger?
2: Not exactly. That technology is out there, but it's not in widespread use that yet because it's still under clinical trial. We actually know the settings that can work for the different diseases. Oh, okay. So uh, Ashley with me today actually will program the device post operatively to get rid of
1: whatever symptoms you are having. So it's a it's a implanted device in my not my head. <laughs>
2: yes. So, uh, the where, implant, where is it
1: implanted? Where is it placed?
2: It's, it's actually made of three parts, and the reason I brought up the heart pacemaker is that it looks very similar if you were to just look at the hardware itself. There's a very small brain lead that is put into your brain through a small hole in the skull during a surgical procedure, and then there's a thicker wire that connects that brain lead under the neck, skin, down to a battery under your clavicle. So all of this is under the skin, and the brain pacemaker battery under the clavicle is essentially very similar to the heart pacemaker battery that people implant under the clavicle. So all of it's under the skin, but there are actually three parts to the implant, and the very small brain lead is implanted directly into the deep brain to fix symptoms.
1: Okay, quick question. How... I know you're a wonderful neurosurgeon, but how do you know what where to put the lead in my complex brain up there? I think it mine's not too complex, but where where is it a certain place that you have to put this particular lead?
2: Uh, Yes, we have a couple of different targets that we can use in the deep brain. I love that. Uh, (laughs) It it really depends on your symptoms and your disease because, again, this is not only used to treat Parkinson's but also the essential tremors. So
1: you do an MRI or a PET scan to locate? where? Yeah,
2: we use MRI, and that gets into something special we offer here is we actually offer this surgery under general anesthesia. Traditionally, uh, this surgery has been an awake brain surgery where patients would have to wake up and be tested to make sure we were in the right spot. Because okay, I don't
1: understand. You mean <laughs> you're awake doing brain surgery?
2: This is not how we do it here, but okay. this is how, how it used to be done, was you're right, doctors would not know for sure that they were in the right area, so they would place the lead in the brain with the patient under some local sedation, like the dentist, Okay, and then they would wake them up in the middle of the procedure to test them and make sure the brain lead was helping them and for many people that that wasn't fun and they didn't want to do that
1: <laughs> so, so we've moved along we've moved on.
2: for for some people that that older procedure is still appropriate and I'm not going to get into that today i i do do that type of surgery for uh, a certain population uh but for the parkinson's patients we've now advanced some of our technology and we can now do this with them totally asleep, under general anesthesia, like you would be for any surgical procedure. And we know where to put the lead because we do this surgery in an actual MRI suite. Oh. So we operate, Ashley and I operate every couple of weeks, in an actual MRI.
1: So you can pinpoint it because the precision of the MRI, correct? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm, that's correct. So there, there's no
1: need bed. to let me ask me. Did I? Are you?
2: Are you better? Are you better? <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. You just wake up when it's all over.
1: Okay, so you program Ashley once after the person has the brain.
3: I do. I a
1: stimulation I- device placed in their body with the battery.
3: With the battery. When everything's done, we give it about a week or so, sometimes two weeks. Um, and the patients just come into clinic, and I turn the battery on. It's a very long visit. It can take one to two hours just to go through all the different settings in the battery and test their symptoms to see what settings work best for them.
1: So, So, Ashley... It's not turned on immediately after procedure is done?
3: No. (laughs) So you you
1: don't know if you have immediate... Results. You right. You have to wait a little bit? Wow. Okay. You do.
3: Just a week or two because we have to give, you know, the brain time to heal before we oh, provide it with electricity. A, because <laughs> it's a
1: little trauma, right? Right. Be
2: a- yeah, that's correct. So Ashley's right in saying we need to give the brain time to heal. What can happen right after we place the brain leads, because it is metal, it's sterile, but it is metal, the brain can swell a little around the lead. Nothing bad. People usually don't have any symptoms from it. But the electricity that the pacemaker provides can be accentuated by that swelling. So they may feel a little overstimulated if we turn them on right away. We prefer to wait a couple of weeks to let the brain completely heal from surgery, let all minor swelling go away, and then we'll turn on the device.
1: So once you, but everybody's different. So that's why they have to visit Ashley and yes. and the yep. programming. Everybody mm-hmm. is their body's different. Their symptomology is different. Their mm-hmm. their stages of Parkinson, I'm sure, is right. all different. So that's why that's why the program is is needed in it. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. Correct. One other quick question. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm listening about uh, the implant. Here in my clavicle. So how uh, how long does the battery last? I'm sure a lot of my listeners are asking out there if they're going to get that for their loved one, do they have yeah. to go out to uh, CBS to buy a new battery?
2: <laughs> so they, you know, the batteries there are a couple of different types. Um, the most common one we implant is a non-rechargeable battery, and that's the battery that we implant uh, in the upper chest, just like the the heart pacemaker and that battery will usually last about three to five years in most wow. people. and
1: that long?
2: Yeah, typically. Uh, in some, some of the children with dystonia, it can be a little shorter because the, it requires a lot of energy to control the contractions. But I would say in most patients with Parkinson's disease or the essential tremors, um, about four to five years would be a, an expected lifetime of each battery you do need to have surgery again to replace it. So we need to open up the incision in your upper chest and take the old battery out and put the new one in. So yeah. it's it's an outpatient procedure, about 20 minutes or so.
0: And
1: I'm sure that's the latest new newly improved battery by that time, correct?
2: Yeah, the batteries are undergoing a lot of technological improvement. Like I said, there is a battery that is in... Clinical trial right now that is a sensing and stimulating battery. So, you'd mentioned earlier, can the device read my brain mm-hmm. and correct itself? And the answer is yes, that technology is coming. It is not FDA approved as of yet, but we do anticipate that in the future the device may be able to control itself and obviate the need for a lot of the programming postoperatively. And then it would truly be customized to minute-to-minute changes in your brain function. Wow. So that device is out there. Um, my old uh, partner actually is implanting it out in California, but, again, it's part of a clinical trial. It's not in uh, general use
1: yet. But I'm sure there's overrides with that particular device in case you want more or in case case the the computer needs to reset or whatever. Yeah,
2: we can always program the device uh, specific to you externally um, to to get your best symptom control.
1: So uh, regarding candidates, I'm sure a lot of my listeners want to know if their loved one are candidates for for deep brain stimulation. Let's let's discuss that real quickly.
2: Yeah, you bet. Uh, You will be a candidate again if you have been diagnosed with one of the following diseases, Parkinson's disease, essential tremor, dystonia are the main three that we're able to treat. Uh, In Parkinson's disease in particular, if you are taking your medicine six to seven times a day and your medicine is wearing off every two to three to four hours, You may be a candidate. If you are getting the abnormal movements called dyskinesia, those are the movements that if you've seen Michael J. Fox, those type of wiggly movements, that's actually a medicine side effect. That is not part of primary Parkinson's disease. So if you're getting that medicine side effect where you've just got way too much uncontrolled movement, DBS is very effective for that and can really decrease that side effect. Um, And finally, perhaps you tried medicine for Parkinson's disease and you simply couldn't tolerate it. Maybe it made you nauseous. Maybe there's no way you could even think about taking it four to five to six times a day. Uh, Those people are also good candidates for surgical therapy simply because they don't have another good medical option.
1: So the individuals that have this particular procedure, I think I asked it, but maybe I didn't remember it here. Do they have to continue taking their medicines as well?
2: Usually post-operatively. You can think of the deep brain stimulator as a long-acting medicine that won't wear off. So the deep brain stimulator can provide sort of a baseline um, amount of relief throughout the day. That being said, it does not completely replace medicine. Typically... Medicine is reduced by about one-third to 50% in most people. So if you were taking it five to six times a day, perhaps now after surgery you're taking it two to three times a day.
1: Well that's still a positive aspect. Absolutely. And, and they're going to get less po- possible complications, correct?
2: Absolutely. In terms of medicine side effects, our personal record over the last year has had a tremendous decrease in especially the dyskinesia. All of those abnormal wiggling movements that are medicine side effects, I would say we've gotten about an 80 to 95% decrease in almost all of our patients. 95%? Yeah, it, it has been a- remarkable to me.
1: What a success story. <laughs> we'll be right back with more information, but now we word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by A Bears, Sending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on seven hundred and ten Kiel. Now back to the best of times with your host Gary Coligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Doctor. Jessica Wilden, a neurosurgeon with LSU Health Sciences Center here in Shreveport. Also. Her physician assistant, Ashley Hambly, who uh, are discussing pr- the latest in procedures to help relieve movement disorders. And we're talking about deep brain stimulation, DBS. So tell our listeners once you implant this particular device in that particular candidate that may be having Parkinson's or dystonia or essential tremor, right? Those are the three possibilities. Mm-hmm. What Can that individual person expect to get better of her symptoms or his symptoms?
2: Yeah, you bet. Um, Well, let's start with Parkinson's disease. Uh, I think for many people with Parkinson's disease, they are bothered by severe stiffness in their arms and legs. Uh, This is also known as rigidity, feeling just that you're so rigid you can't voluntarily reach for things or walk. Um, they also feel like they're slow so maybe slow to pick up a cup slow to use a pencil and that's known as a term called bradykinesia finally tremor of course can be prominent in Parkinson's disease but not always some people have tremor in Parkinson's and other people don't other people it's more the stiffness and the slowness so all three of those things in Parkinson's disease will improve with this therapy on um, and I think, you know, if we look at the scientific literature and, like, all the neurosurgeons that have done this over the past, you know, 15 years, you're looking at about a 60% improvement in most symptoms. Okay.
1: 60%. Wow. Yeah.
2: So that, that explains why a lot of people still need a little bit of medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, DBS does not, it's um it's important to mention that DBS does not cure the disease, uh, and it doesn't lead to 100% improvement. But I think, on average, about a 60% improvement in symptoms like tremor, stiffness, slowness, and uh, inability to initiate your movements. Now, in essential tremor, really what essential tremor is, is just people that have tremor with action. And this can get really severe. Maybe they can no longer eat or feed themselves. Maybe they can't pick up a cup. So in essential tremor, we can get tremor suppression, especially in the arms and the head, somewhere about 80%. So we can suppress the action tremor a tremendous amount. Um, and that allows people in general with essential tremor to be able to eat, to be able to go out, to dinner or to brunch, uh, to be able to engage in social activities that maybe previously they weren't comfortable doing. Um, As far as very fine movements, if you're tying, uh, you know, fly fishing (laughs) ties or you're handwriting, maybe you're doing calligraphy, you're still going to have some degree of tremor when doing those very fine activities after deep brain stimulation. But I think in general there is a market improvement, and most of your activities of daily living uh, get much better.
1: So I'm a little bit confused. So then, Ashley will be programming this to affect the way my neck is stiff. It's like mm-hmm. every individual item will be programmed to my symptomology? <laughs>
2: So I'll actually let Ashley answer that. She's actually going, I'll let her describe uh, her initial programming. The nice thing about symptoms is that they're all kind of tied together. So you can typically pick one symptom and titrate the therapy to that and everything will follow. So Ashley can give a short description of that.
3: Yeah, sure. Like I said earlier, it is a pretty long uh, visit that day. You do come in off of your medicine, if you're especially Parkinson's disease patients. Um, you'll stay off your medicine. That oh, morning. off your medicine, that's so right. that,
1: so they'll have the symptoms that you'll be able so to visualize. Yeah, so it's oh, not a very okay. fun
3: visit for them. <laughs> but um, but we need symptoms to test. So um, typically I'll test either stiffness or tremor, the main two that we look at, or slowness of the hands, um, things like that. And so you know I turn the device on and just turn it up very very slowly you know nothing scary although patients tend to be pretty anxious at that visit Um, we just turn it up very slowly test the symptoms like the tremor or the stiffness i usually just pick the worst one whatever's bothering them the most and then we just go through all the settings and see which one worked best for them. And uh, we put them at a low setting and have them continue their medicine um, as they normally would with the hopes of eventually having them come down on the medicine.
1: So the DBS device keeps liking these particular symptoms that you program right. continuously. Not it doesn't turn it off, right? It
3: right. The the patients have the ability to turn their device off uh, anytime. However, uh, most of them never want to turn it off, which is totally fine. Um, so it's it is a continuous therapy for them.
1: Wow. So that is very customized by the patient. So they're off their medication. They come and see you, and mm-hmm. then you you see that the s- symptomology is right there, and you will program it to to help relieve those particular right. that is remarkable that is really remarkable and success stories we were talking about that earlier tremendous success stories correct
2: yeah we have done really well uh you know obviously we it, this is not a curative therapy so people still have some symptoms but some of the feedback that we've gotten uh, people have told us that they're able to leave the house that they're able to go back to church uh, we had a couple of people be able to go back to work full-time and part-time which is tremendous I think in your early to late 60s to have disease force you out of a job is really frustrating and I'm really pleased to report in that age group DBS has allowed some of our patients to return to work
1: and their quality of life improves tremendously I mean Much that, that's greatly. that's a positive thinking for them and their family members too I Absolutely. can uh, I can just see this see the smiles on them but also their family members and their friends mm-hmm. absolutely well i i commend you both of you on this great medical technology that we're offering here in shreveport louisiana at lsu health sciences center and before we've had several calls the phone number for more information is 318-518-4602 again that's 318 518 4602 uh, They can get referrals from their neurologist, correct?
2: Yes, we, we are happy to work with your home neurologist. There is no competition with us. Uh, we offer something very specific that most people don't offer. So if your primary care doctor or neurologist is interested or they don't know a lot about it and want to discuss it, your doctors are also free to call us. We're happy to speak with them and happy to even train them in the device if they're interested
1: and one other aspect i want you to to advocate because i didn't hear this before is this procedure you're now able to not be awake like prior (laughs) people have told me in other parts of the country where this has been done for them they were had to be awake and they were traumatic even their family members could not understand but here the new procedure that you're performing right Co-co- that
2: is correct. So you're, I under, do, you're in yeah. under
1: general? Was it?
2: So let me be a little bit clear on this. I do the general anesthetic for Parkinson's okay. disease. For people with essential tremor, I still prefer to test awake. And that's because the tremor fibers are very close to the speech fibers. And I want to make sure that we don't hurt your speech as a side effect of taking away the tremor. But for essential tremor patients, they don't have a lot of the depression, anxiety, and stiffness that goes along with Parkinson's disease. So they're able to tolerate the awake surgery a little better. For dystonia and for Parkinson's disease, especially when Parkinson's patients do not want to come off their medicine for surgery, we offer a special option of being asleep. So we actually very rarely now will do Parkinson's disease awake. All of the ones we've done in the last year are asleep. And to boot, you get to stay on your medicine right up until that morning, so you don't have to stop it at midnight. So a much more comfortable option, and we are the only place in the tri-state region uh, in this area to offer what we call a sleep deep brain stimulation.
1: Well, congratulations and thank you, and I am very honored to have you on the show today. Hopefully you can help one or more or many thousands of people throughout the Arquitex area. Again, the phone number is 318-518-4602. Again, 318-518-4602. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
3: Thank Thank you. you.
1: We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by A Bears Tennant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on news radio 710 Kiel. Thank you for listening to our show today. I hope you join us next Saturday on our show to learn some information that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the best of times. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great week. And again, thank you for listening to our show today. Best wishes to everyone for a happy new year. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Teal. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keele, Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Mosier.